0: If you were raised to be a daughter instead of a woman, then reparenting yourself is a necessary step to your healing. When you posted that, when you said that, go deeper. What are we talking about? Tell me more, because I felt like you were talking about me.
1: I'm talking about every woman that is out there, right? I have these conversations every day with my clients, and it isn't until we actually understand that, oh, I haven't been taught to do these things. For example, emotional availability, right? How many times were we growing up and we had certain emotions and we couldn't express them, right? Maybe because, and especially for Black families out there, <laughs> let's, I'm gonna keep it 100% real with you, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. We didn't show love or we were not shown love based on how we were emotionally available for our children. We showed love by cooking, by having the roof over our heads, by having the bed place to sleep, right? Having maybe a, a little bit of pocket change so you can get those nice shoes for back to school, right? Those were the reasons, those were the ways that we showed love. But actually this emotional availability is so crucial to how you're going to show up in your adult relationships, right? I always say that you approach your adult relationships as a little girl, right? And that relates to that quotation. So if you didn't feel comfortable expressing yourself and your emotions, how do you feel like you're going to be able to do that in your adult relationships? You won't, right? And when you're not able to do that, right, it stays inside, it boils over, and you explode. There's a bit of truth to the angry Black woman, right? All
0: the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Now put your hands up, up in a cup, you just broke up. I'm doing my own little thing. Now so I'm out here looking like revenge, feeling like a 10, the best I ever been. Don't pick up the phone, you know he's only calling cause he's drunk and alone too Don't let him in, you have to kick him out again Try to break Break my heart, oh that breaks my heart That you thought you ever had it, no you ain't from the start (laughs) Yep. Welcome to my party. That's how we do around here. This is Single You, the podcast. I am your host, Rika, and I am an NLP certified life coach and also the founder of Single You Academy. That is my online coaching program. You know what I do? I help the ambitious millennial single woman discover her worth That means you so that you, girl, can stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. So if you are a woman who is sick of having an unsuccessful single life, if you are sick of the revolving door of dysfunctional relationships, listen, they may have a different name, but it's the same type of relationship. Or you're doing the tug of war back and forth with the same guy and you're sick of that you want better when it comes to men and setting boundaries, knowing yourself, understanding your worth and what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, I'm willing to bet nobody has ever had that conversation with you. But listen, I'm not here to judge. I have an abusive ex and an ex that cost me... $10,000. Yeah, stick around, listen to the podcast enough, and you will hear those stories. All right, so you've come to the right place if you need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and that you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. Yeah, I'm a certified life coach, but I will tell you this I am no expert. I just learned a few things that I would like to teach you as well. You know, as Maya Angelou says, once you learn, you teach. And when you know better, you do better. So now that I'm doing better, I am reaching back out for you, girl. Here's my hand. Grab it. So thank you and welcome. You're in the right place. I got you if you got you. This is Single You, the podcast. Hey, thanks for being here. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. to have this conversation today with dating and relationship coach Anwar White. He helps overachievers, women, to date strategically to meet high quality men and get the committed relationship that they want. He is the host of the Get Your Guy podcast and the coach of the Get Your Guy coaching program. Anwar, let me add you to the platform. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me on a Friday evening.
1: (laughs) Girl, you are so welcome. How are you?
0: Yes, I am good. Um, As I told you before we started recording, I'm celebrating my first full week back of having a full-time job in the quote-unquote real world. So doing that and still building my business at the same time, it is going to be interesting. Um, But I'm proud of myself, and I get to celebrate with you. And... um, and have this conversation because when I tell you I saw this quote on your Facebook page and I've been listening to your podcast, I said, I'm sla- he slapped me in the face. So we need to talk because I don't appreciate being slapped. So <laughs> I call it, I don't like to call it
1: calling people out. I like yeah. to call them in so yeah. we can actually have the discussion and conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, yep. So we're going to call you in. You may feel like you're being slapped today, um, but it's with love. I know I'm coming from love. I know you are as well. So, before we get into that, I want to I want you to tell my listeners, who are you? How did you get into coaching because again, you're the dating and relationship coach. You have your coaching program. Where does that come from?
1: Yeah, it- Thank you so much for having me on your platform. This is yeah. so much fun. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Um, so, I have really been doing this thing all of my life, ever since like just being on the elementary school playground, helping boys talk to girls and girls talk to boys. Wow. I think that I've always been able to kind of navigate different circles. Like, I would be playing basketball with the boys, but also, doing double dutch with the girls, right? So I could always talk to different kinds of people. And, you know, I think I've been blessed to be um, able to have both the male and the female perspective. And so I think that's really helped me in the work that I do today. But I didn't really get serious into the coaching until um, I got my MBA. um, And I would reach out and touch base with all of the amazing female classmates that I had. And everything was going well in their lives. They had the amazing job, the vacations, the car, the home, except for their love life. And so like Uh. being the type A person that I am, uh, I was just like, no girl, this is ridiculous. Like we're going to get this solved for you. And so I just started helping my friends. And that was like a a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it in a couple of months, they were in really great relationships. And then within a couple of years, they were all married. And so I was like, yeah, I want to stop managing billion dollar businesses and I want to start doing this because <laughs> this is fun. That mm-hmm. is not. And so that's how I really got started. And then I got formally certified in 2015 as a relationship coach. And mm-hmm. then, I, you know, I've been doing this for like a decade and it's every day. It's a new adventure and it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And the rest is history. And obviously the lane that you're in is something that I hold close to my heart because after I got out of my emotionally abusive relationship, being this professional woman who was a radio personality for almost 20 years, I've, I've had the same issue. Like why in my professional life am I like so dope? But in this lane of relationships, I was like constantly being mishandled. Um, and it wasn't until I woke up to myself to do the work to finally realize the things that I was doing wrong in that lane. And so I guess the first question before I even get to your quote that you said, if you were raised to be a daughter instead of a woman, then reparenting yourself is a necessary step to your healing and love journey. Well, I added the and love journey Um, on Facebook. You stopped with uh, necessary step to your healing. So I do want to quote you right. But (sighs) I feel like there may be so many reasons why women are failing and i hate using that word but that's the word i have right now failing in the lane of relationships what do you think maybe the number one reason is if you can even pick one yeah what have you seen in this decade of coaching women for so long what is the thing
1: yeah I don't, well, let me just first start by saying, I don't think it's failing. I think yeah. a lot of people think it's failing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, no,
1: it's just struggling and not having the necessary skills to really thrive in this part of their lives, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting, which is, yeah, I'm rocking this thing out in my career. Yeah. I hear that every day. Yeah. And the thing about it is that the things that make you successful in your professional life will not make you successful in this part of your life. Mm. And because so many of us have been leaning into that so much and being so skilled and doing super well in school, killing it at the job, is that we actually get rewarded for the things that are actually going to create disconnection in our personal relationships. So like, you know, in in school, we learn about, you know, how to get the good grade. And so that becomes our validation. Right, instead of actually just being validated for who we are, mm. we validated for what we do, yeah. and so we think that doing things means that we are lovable. When in actual, in actuality, like just being you mm-hmm. makes you lovable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or in career, right? You're probably really good, or you were really good at radio personality because you had attention to detail and you were able to judge what was good versus what was great. Yeah. In your personal life, actually, judging creates disconnection and it's all mm. about accepting, right? And so, okay. once we're able to step out of that judgment zone and start getting into acceptance of however people want to show up for us, right? That's when we can start to really succeed in this part of our lives. So, to answer your original question, Um, You know, I can't answer just one. I
0: know. know, because I
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing too, because everyone has such unique past experiences, it's going to be different for every woman, right? So I'm not going to give you this blanket statement because I actually think that that would do your listeners a disservice. But I do think I will give a a number of different things that I think have been really um, important for so many of my clients and their love journeys to be successful. One, I think it's um it's about the judging versus accepting, right? So when you're out there and you're dating and you're talking about how all these guys are no good or these guys are idiots or all these guys are pervs or flakes what you're doing is you're creating this superiority inferiority um situation and you know we're in uh you know Black History Month let's yeah. let's talk about equality here people everybody yeah. The same. We're all human. We're all doing the best that we can. It's not about this person's bad or this person's not so good. It's that he's not a match, right? It's about reframing it so that we don't put ourselves on this pedestal. Because when we put ourselves on a pedestal in terms of superiority, when we meet someone that's really like a, a good person, actually what will happen is that we'll put ourselves down a peg and actually become inferior and we'll put the person, the other person on a pedestal and make them superior. So it's that it's a weird power dynamic that can happen if you play the superiority inferiority game, right? Can so you,
0: Yes, it, and before you move on to the next one, I, w- I wanna ask you a question about that because I felt like I did that a lot. So mm-hmm. I was the girl who was like, yeah, in words ain't ish and blah, 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 you know, that having that attitude of y'all can't, y'all just can't get it together. And then when I would find a guy that I deemed was worth it, I put him on the pedestal. That's right. And then I was down here. Right. Because right. I was like, oh, there he is. Now I have to play this game and I want to be picked and let me minimize myself and let me try to tr- like, what does he want? OK, let me transform into that woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're talking about, right? Like putting them up here and then we're down here.
1: Or vice versa, right? Yeah. It doesn't work either way. So yeah. it's that's why that's why if we're leading with judgment versus just acceptance, then we're always going to be led to a path that is not going to serve us when it comes to this love journey, right? So I would say that that's one really big thing that I see so many of my high achieving, successful clients kind of wrestle with. The the second thing that I would say, too, is um, learning how to be vulnerable, right? I don't think anyone really teaches us how to be vulnerable. And when you are dealing with a man, like so many of us who are super smart and super put together and sharp are going to lead with our intellect because that's how we've been validated in the past, right? And so we think that's our strength. When in reality, that's not your strength. And um, so learning how to be vulnerable and share parts of ourselves so that other people can love those parts, is going to be really important. Because if you're not being vulnerable, if you have your walls up, you're coming into this game and this this love journey only showing 60, 70% of yourself, right? And not your whole self. So how can you expect someone to fully love you if you're not fully showing up?
0: Right. I'm not even showing all of you. So what is he loving? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because what 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 happens? we can't fake the funk for a very long time. Research says that it takes really three months for you to show your whole self. And when my clients get into relationships, I call the first three months, obviously honeymoon, but month three to month six is actually the comfortable stage where we all just show our full ass selves, excuse my <laughs> language. But it's true, right? We get It's the comfortable stage because it's like, oh, he's not bringing the flowers anymore. Right. He's we're not going on these really crazy extravagant dates, right? It starts to calm down a little bit. But that's real. On the flip side, to my earlier point, it also means that you're showing all of yourself. So if you're faking the funk and you're showing a facade in 60% of yourself when you're when he's getting to know you, and then you become yourself, who is probably a bit different, right? That's actually very confusing for him. And when you show yourself, he's gonna be thinking in his head that's not who I signed up for. You're a liar. You're not credible. You're not a woman of integrity, right? And so not only are you kind of faking the funk for yourself, but you're doing it for him, which is going to create greater disconnection. So I talked about leading with judgment. I also talked about being vulnerable and sharing parts of yourself. And the other part is here, men don't need more intellectual partners. (laughs) They're at work doing that all by themselves, right? When they want to come home, they want to take the armor off and be able to be emotionally safe with you. That's why your vulnerability is going to be so important for the women that are out there. And if you can't do that, you can't deeply connect with a man. So I would say those two things are the the greatest things that I see um, that um, really will help level up love lives.
0: Thank you for that. And this goes into the deeper conversation I want to have if you were raised to be a daughter instead of a woman. And it also goes into your definition of love over achiever. So I would love to talk about those two things um, because I feel like when, when I saw you post that, and then of course I've been listening to your podcast, I was like... <laughs> It goes into my theme on my podcast, where the first question I usually ask a guest is, did anybody have a conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy? And of course, 100% of the time they say no. Um, So I feel like that's part of the, when we're little girls, we're just raised to be a daughter. Like it's not about as you get older, These are what relationships are like, what love bombing is, what narcissism or whatever, or how to be a woman or how those conversations were not had. Right. And so when you posted that, and we'll get into love overachiever after this, if you were raised to be a daughter instead of a woman, then reparenting yourself is a necessary step to your healing. When you posted that, when you said that, go deeper. What are we talking about? Tell me more. Because I felt like you were talking about me.
1: I'm talking about every woman that is out there, right? I have these conversations every day with my clients and it isn't until we actually understand that, oh, I haven't been taught to do these things. For example, emotional availability, right? How many times were we growing up and we had certain emotions and we couldn't express them, right? Maybe because, and especially for Black families out there, (laughs) I'm going to keep it 100% real with you, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't show love or we were not shown love based on how we were emotionally available for our children. We showed love by cooking, by having the roof over our heads, by having the bed place to sleep, right? Having maybe a, a little bit of pocket change so you can get, those nice shoes for back to school, right? Those were the reasons, those were the ways that we showed love. But actually this emotional availability is so crucial to how you're gonna show up in your adult relationships, right? I always say that you approach your adult relationships as a little girl, right? And that relates to that quotation. So if you didn't feel comfortable expressing yourself and your emotions, How do you feel like you're going to be able to do that in your adult relationships? You won't, right? And when you're not able to do that, right, it stays inside, it boils over, and you explode. There's a bit of truth to the angry Black woman, right? Because she holds it it inside until she explodes because she wasn't taught how to actually express her emotions. And she wasn't encouraged to do so. So, those are foundational
0: mm-hmm.
1: programmings that actually need to be deprogrammed. I always tell my clients, I love that you get your guy, but this is all, the work that we're doing is actually about deprogramming everything that you've learned about love, dating, relationships, and men, yeah. and actually reprogramming it. That's what I'm talking about the reparenting. Yeah. So that you're actually approaching this as in your grown woman status and as a healed individual, which you can do as an adult, right? So emotional availability is one thing, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Can I, I was going to say, let's park here real quick. Cause when you're saying, you know, and she wasn't allowed, you could say Rika. (laughs) Rika was, so one of the questions that I have my clients ask themselves in the journaling process that we do is what did I learn from my parents about relationships, whether they verbally said something or you just saw it. Right. And then also what did you learn about emotions? And my parents did a great job. I love my parents they are still married. They did a wonderful job in the emotions department. (laughs) Could have been a little bit better. Um, especially being the daddy's girl that I am. So I didn't even know, you're you're saying a lot of us didn't know how to express our feelings. I didn't even know there were other feelings outside of being really happy. I had a very happy childhood and everything was joyous and great. But when it comes to emotions, especially in the relationship department, I had no idea what I was doing and why. Like I, no idea what I was doing. I didn't know, I thought I was supposed to, I, I did a lot of, um, what's it called? Uh, passive aggressive. That was me I, holding it in. But the,
1: can I yeah. just say something? Because yeah. a yeah. lot of women do this, right? When yeah. you when there's something difficult happening, when you're yeah. not happy, you will shut the F up. Yep. And that is the a very toxic trait. And that's something that you got growing up because you couldn't speak up right? Didn't you not express yourself. Yep. So the only power that you had was to stay quiet and hope that somebody took notice of you to say, Absolutely. hey girl, are you okay? What's going Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But we translate that into our adult relationships, hoping that this dude is going to do that.
0: Absolutely. Saying but we got to do loved, it for ourselves. Exactly. Saying if he loved me, he would just know the type of man that I want will know that I'm hurting over here or that hurt my feelings or whatever. He'll get it. He'll get the hints. He'll get my passive aggressiveness. He'll get my um, uh, body language, right? Like he'll just understand when that is, I learned the hard way, unfortunately. Um, That's not how it works. It's not how it works. So I had a lot of work to do in the reparenting Rika and how she expresses herself and her emotions. Now I am very direct, very sweet and very graceful, but I'm very direct and I love it. I show up for myself so much. And that's that's part of the um, progression as you do the work on yourself. Okay, so we talked about, um, again, if you were raised to be a daughter instead of a woman, then reparenting yourself is a necessary step for your healing. And I added and the love journey because I just again, me not knowing myself and not knowing how to express my feelings obviously that was at my detriment so let's keep going so we talked about reparenting in the emotions um department yeah. um, I just want to
1: I want to just add a, a certain point because I think this is really important this is something that I hear a lot nobody's saying that your parents are bad people right mm, thank you I, we have we we have this like reflex that we have to defend them even when you were talking about how your childhood was so great. The question is not about your childhood being great or not great, right? Because even if your dad leaves you and your mother is the most amazing person, your dad still left you, girl, right? And you could have had the most amazing childhood with your single mom. But if we are focused on how great the childhood is, we're not actually able to focus in on how you experienced all of the things that happened in your life. So I wanted to say that because I think that's something that actually hinders a lot of people from actually doing this work.
0: Yeah. yeah. We're so
1: caught and focused on, I can't say, I can't say anything bad about them. It's not about saying things bad about your parents. It's about how you've experienced certain things. And I will just let you know, like my father abandoned me when I was eight years old Mm -hmm. and I love my mom. We had a great childhood, but it wasn't until I actually had to sit down and say, I actually do yearn for the love of my father, right? I actually, that, that really hurt me, right? And have to sit yeah. in that and really observe and acknowledge all of that. That's when we can start to reparent ourselves, right? So I just wanted to offer that because yeah. I think that's a, a point where a lot of people get tripped up and I yeah. want your listeners to thrive in this
0: area. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Cause I am, especially at the beginning was super like, I can't say anything bad about them cause I thought it was bad, right? But it's just right. telling me truth. Listen, my my parents—they probably watching right now. My parents listen to my podcast. My uncles do. i be I, and at first, again, I was so embarrassed, but they'd be like, "Whatever, like." And now we do talk more because I did have a lot of work to do in that area about yeah. the conversations that I was having with my parents. Like, let's go deeper. Like, we don't have to talk about the Seahawks all the time or whatever. Let like, Let's go deeper, Dad. Come on, you know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay,
1: so ho- we were we- talking about the mm-hmm. um what other things we need to be focused on in terms of your daughter ship yep, and re- right? and
0: reparenting so, yourself yep yeah so a couple yep. of
1: things right i think this notion of we talked about being quiet but this 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 notion of loyalty right mm. cuz mm. what happens is you will experience something negative from your parents right Your mother may be overly critical, or your father might yell and be angry because most men, that's the only emotion that they can actually show in this patriarchal culture, right? Any other emotion is looked down upon. So you'll notice a lot of anger from men and your father, and specifically your fathers. What happens is that when you have to stay in that environment, and sometimes it can be toxic, certain situations. What you're taught to do as a child, as a daughter, is that, oh, I have to still be here, even though it's toxic. Even though you're they're yelling at me, even though they're criticizing me, I'm supposed to be here, and that makes me loyal. And that's love,
0: right? Yeah. Yes, and just, I'm gonna put a little, another little caveat to that as well. In our Black household, we grow up as Christians and the Bible says you must obey your mother and father. Right. So we think that is love. Just what you said, the staying in this toxic, traumatic environment is love. Yeah. And that's all I grew. You know, that's a lot of us grow up just thinking that.
1: So then- what happens when we go into our adult relationships? Yep. When the shit hits the fan, when someone is criticizing you, when someone is yelling at you or angry at you and showing their anger, your body is going to go right back and actually it's going to feel comfortable and familiar and you're going to equate that with love, right? So that's, that's the daughter mind, right? The woman mind is saying, oh no, I don't like to be treated this way. (laughs) <laughs> no, thank you. Right? Instead <laughs> yeah. of going back and saying, oh, this is familiar. So this must be love. This is why some a lot of women stay in some of these toxic relationships, knowing with their mind that it's not good for them, but their heart and their spirit is so used to it that they they need to stay in it.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a part of us that believes that staying and quote unquote loving him will change him. Oh, I feel bad for him. My love is powerful enough to make him the man that I envision in my mind to create him the potential, like for him to become this potential. So I'm going to stay in this familiar space because it's really all I know. And And it really does make me sad, especially for the woman I was in the past, or even when I'm looking out here in the clients that I have The amount of I was about to say the S word But I don't want Facebook to cut me off But the amount of crap that we will put up with Because it is familiar And we do not have the audacity to believe That we can actually have a very Healthy, fulfilling Fruitful relationship With a man that is suitable for you We don't even, we don't believe that is possible Because it's hard to become what you don't see And a Mm -hmm. lot of us we Don't get to see that We don't get to see that That's right Yeah.
1: Um, Another aspect of being a daughter is, you know, when you're a daughter, no one asks you what you want, what you need. Right. They just ask you to do something, especially in black households, because um, women are taking up so much work and labor that they often ask their daughters to chip in and to help them with all of that labor to manage the household. Right, and you you don't have any agency in what you can do. I think about my uh, a lot of my sisters who even to this point feel compelled to have to set everything up for the birthday party, cook all the food for the holidays when they don't really want to. Right?
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So it's
1: about it's about being able to ask yourself, "What do I want?" and being able to consistently check in with yourself to know how you're feeling, to understand if you want something or not. So you have to, as an adult, as raising yourself as a woman, be able to check in and say, do I want this? Do I not want this? Do I need this? Do I not need this, right? And then be able to communicate it, right? That's the difference between, I think, daughter and woman. Whereas as a daughter, you just are never asked. And so you never actually ask yourself what you want. You just go with the flow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's your role as a daughter. Right. And th- that is the role that they train you up as because at that at 10, you are a daughter. But what happens when you reach 30? you You're, Yeah, technically you're a daughter. OK, but now you're a grown woman and you can't operate in that daughter space. And I have a lot of even still today especially because I don't have kids and I've never been married sometimes like wait am I really a grown-up am I adulting and I'm 38 years old (laughs) why like I'm grown grown and sometimes I'll be like do I have to ask somebody to make this decision do I have to you know what I mean and I'm slowly I'm getting out of that more but I mean even when I would book a trip I'd be like do I have to tell my mom Dude. girl
1: i i used to do the That's same true. thing anytime i was going I, I was sick for work i called my mom first mom mom, i'm feeling sick i'm not gonna go in right just so that i can get her validation to be like oh, it's okay it's okay that you're not going into work absolutely right? i could have actually made that decision on my own yes <laughs> i'm not going to work yes yes, <laughs> yes. right
0: yeah yeah and so yeah. now i'm 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 so much better at even putting boundaries around my parents and i love them so much but it's see necessary. there we go we did me me there, there I am again, defending my parents, but I, I realized that I had to do that. I have agency now over my own whole life, my own body, everything. And I no longer have to be again, quote unquote, the daughter in that role. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So now let's talk about, um, so love over achieving. <laughs> Okay, let me just pause this conversation with my friend Anwar here real quick, and you and I are going to have a key key, and then we will get back to the um, his definition of love overachieving our conversation next week. So right now, I wanted to throw another layer in here because obviously, you know, I'm a Jesus lover, and. I would argue if you're listening to me, you are a woman of faith and you would say that you really want to trust God when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your life, really, right? And, and you have this mindset right now, you're doing great for 2022 because you're already thinking about this cycle with men has got to stop. It, this can't be life. My life in this lane of relationships has got to get better um, it in a way needs to mirror my professional life. Right. And in order to stop this cycle that you got going on, it's going to have to show up in your behavior. So in order to guard your heart, right, that's a scripture for us. It's going to have to show up in your behavior. Showing up in your behavior means boundaries, holding yourself accountable. And in order for you In order for boundaries to actually show up for you, you're going to have to take the time to learn you and how to execute life differently. Let's talk about this word wisdom because God does, he does want us to be wise women. And I've been studying Proverbs a lot this year already. by by the way it's black history month happy black history month okay February black people we got this I'm I'm throwing the fist in the air (laughs) okay so your behaviors let me uh okay you showing up for yourself in your behaviors is going to create wisdom within you wisdom shows up in your behaviors because wisdom is is an action word Okay, so again, like I just said, I'm studying Proverbs. Now, the Hebrew word for Proverbs, and please do not (laughs) laugh. Give me grace in this area, because English obviously is my first language. But in my studying uh, in this book that I'm reading on Proverbs specifically uh, says the Hebrew word is actually hokman, which means skilled, applied knowledge. Right. So Proverbs, the Hebrew word is hokman. So the prop, the word proverb is an action word. So again, you being wise will show up in your behavior. So you have a lot of work that you need to do about transforming the way that you think about being single, because you have a thought about being single and then you have your feelings and then therefore you move in that way. Right. That's why the Bible talks about as a man thinks in his heart. So he is. Right. And I've always told you to ask yourself, what do your behaviors with men show you about you? And I say this with love. But I would argue that if you need help in stopping this cycle of dysfunction, if you're in the cycle, you're you, it shows you that you haven't been wise. Right. So, again, I'm reading this book about Proverbs and one of the quotes in it that I wrote out is it says, quote, to become wise is to become a disciplined person, but I'm actually going to use the word woman because I'm talking to you. So the quote is again, quote, to become wise is to become a disciplined woman who doesn't give into impulsiveness, but to self-examination, to circumspection, circumspection. There we go. And to clear thinking End quote, so here's some of the notes that I wrote about the word wisdom. Wisdom is not just about deep thinking. Being wise is about having behavior that ultimately will give you the life and lifestyle you want, right? The type of relationship that you want, right? Deep think, like when we, we think of like Einstein, we're like, oh my gosh, he's so wise. Or the way Barack Obama talks. Oh my gosh, he's so wise. Mm. It's actually your behavior that makes you wise, right? In your life, because the way you want to live, for example, I'm abstinent. If you don't want to do that, I wouldn't say that you were less wise than me. The question is, how well is not being abstinent working out for you? So if you actually want to lean into this, I need to stop this cycle of dysfunction with men you're going to have to change some of your behavior right because we're women of faith women of faith and so in this lane of relationships and reparenting word for me is something I can never say (laughs) let me know in my dms if you're like girl there's words I can't even say either like if I think about it too much I can't say reparenting perfect I think I said it great Okay, so in this lane of like relationships and um, the reparenting, we're actually doing two things, right? In this lane of wanting to stop the cycle of dysfunction, we're doing two things. We're learning about self, right? We're self trying to self actualize. That was your new year resolution. It's going to be the year of me and self care and you know, whatever. So you're trying to figure out who you are so you can love yourself accordingly, but what I want you to also learn and what my podcast is about and my platform, single you and single you Academy, my coaching program is you're, you're actually relearning what having faith actually means, like who Jesus is, right? Really trying to truly understand the scripture faith without works is dead instead of just, well, I prayed about it. So now I have to wait because that's, that's just not how it works. Right. Right. So again, let me go back to some of the notes from the book that I'm reading in that book. It says, quote, proverb, the word proverb is a short, clever saying that offers up wisdom. The purpose of proverbs is for you to develop a set of practical skills for living well in God's world. God created this world. So there is a certain uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? A certain way the universe works. And a way that we have to show up in order to get what it is we say that we want. Okay. The quote goes on to say from the book, these human words about wisdom have been put together as God's word and wisdom to his people. And I'm speaking of the book of Proverbs, those human words. Okay. Again, the book goes on to say Proverbs. This isn't about advice this is god's own invitation to learn from previous generations so what else have we learned from previous generations right like or or even our parents or people who come before us that were good for our life like brushing our teeth <laughs> they were like okay we probably need to be consistent in this or so teeth stop falling out decay doesn't happen and then i think even heart disease can happen from not having a good healthy teeth hygiene <laughs> And I have no idea why I picked that out of the sky, but I did. But you get my point, right? There there is a lot of invitation to live rightly in the book of Proverbs. And uh, it also says in that book, wisdom goes beyond morals. It means making the right choice, even when there are no moral laws telling you explicitly what to do. So some decisions require only knowledge, right? Like, oh, I need to take a leave. I know that if I have a headache, boom. Some decisions require only compliance with rules, right? Like, okay, thou shall not kill. We we know God doesn't want us to kill cool. So if I take a leave, I won't have a headache. If I don't kill somebody, I'm probably not going to go to jail. It's in my behavior that is actually giving me the life that I say that I want. I don't want to go to jail and I don't want a headache. But there's really no Bible verse that's going to tell you exactly who to marry, which job to take, whether to move or stay, right? So wisdom is not the same as law. And the law in the Bible is like, thou shall not. It's not the same as prophecy, which is like God's, like divine word, right? Wisdom literature has the accumulated insight of God's people through the generations and how to live in a way that honors God and others. So you become wise enough to protect you from you. Once you start executing that in your behaviors, it's like you already have to become her who is the woman you want to be and then just do everything in your power to become her and then eventually it's like wow i'm a wise woman look at me because look at my life you have to become wise enough to protect you from you you have to become wise enough so you can create the life and lifestyle you actually want so how are you going to become her how are you going to protect you from you what do i mean by that so for me You hear me talk about abstinence all the time. So me not falling into my urges of wanting to have sex is protecting me from me. And it's showing me, wow, you are really wise in this area, girl. And look what it did. Three years removed from being mishandled by a man. Okay. So how are you going to become the woman you say you want to be? It's different for everyone, but I am a firm believer in what the Bible says about having wise counsel. And sharing our burdens with one another, right? That's what I do for you. I'm sharing with you, like (laughs) now in real time dating, but definitely what happened to me in the past with my exes, right? And it is in the sharing and learning from someone, even just a few steps ahead of you that can transform your mind. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Pastor Darius Daniels, he's my mentor. He says, there is something about the way you're thinking about relationships That's contributing to the dysfunction. With that said, I love to help you transform your mind. I want you to get over the shame of being single. You got to stop thinking that getting married is the goal. You got to learn how to set and keep um, boundaries. It's got to show up in your behaviors. I want you to start showing up as yourself authentically for you first. How do you show up for you? In your everyday life. And then think about relationships. How do you show up for you? Or are you minimizing yourself? Are you not necessarily showing up for you? Huh. I feel like I said a mouthful, but I will say this. Let's end on this. Single You Academy, the waitlist is open. I have an assessment video I'd love for you to watch. Fill out the application and get yourself on the wait list. The doors to Single You Academy um, Academy, (laughs) the doors to single you Academy will open again on March 7th. Okay. So we're about a month away and yeah, I would love for you to get on the wait list. The link is in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram, Facebook, what have you, and, um, send me the word boundaries and we'll have a discussion and I'll send you the assessment video. Okay. Um, all right, next week, Love Over Achiever with Anwar White will continue. We'll continue that discussion. And then the week after that, C. Anderson is back. Um, I believe the episode I had with her is the woman. Who is the woman that you need to become? And that was a few weeks ago. Um, but I'll link it here in the show notes if you haven't heard that yet, because that was a great episode. But anyway, she is a psychologist. She is back. And we're going to discuss, are there really no good men out there? Or is it us? Because <laughs> I asked her, what's the number one thing women are saying to you as they come, they hire you as their as um uh, their therapist, and what are they saying? And that's the first thing they always say: "There's no good men. I can't find him. I can't. I can't. I can't." So, is that true? We're gonna have that discussion. I had to jump in here real quick to introduce you to Single You merch yeah that's right single you the podcast we have merch now yeah because affirmations they can be on something better than a post-it note on your mirror yeah how about affirmations on your couch in the form of a throw pillow or on your bed in the form of a throw pillow for encouragement single you dot shop for you to buy the single you merch okay you deserve it for picking you and breaking up with him. Christmas, New Year, Valentine's Day. Oh, totally your birthday. Oh, your best friend or your best friend's birthday. <laughs> Simply because you want to encourage yourself, you want to encourage your best friend on any day that ends with why. You can shop Single You merch right now at you.shop, The link will be in the show notes. The throw pillows, what do they say on them? One says, happiness over history. Another happily single. And another one says, sis, don't do all that healing just to date another broken man. Hashtag stay sharp. Yeah, that's on the pillow. And lastly, singleness is not a punishment. The throw pillows are available right now, just in time for Christmas. More to come, but do your shopping right now at singleyou.shop. Consider me your homegirl in your head. Again, it's Rika. And if you need to reach out to me, listen, don't hesitate. It's not going to be weird. On Twitter and on Instagram, I am just me, Rika. That's R-E-K-A. And I'm going to put my Twitter, Instagram, and email in the show notes, okay? You can also join me over in my private Facebook group titled Singleness is Not a Punishment. I mean, come on, who am I? (laughs) You know my tagline? That's my private Facebook group. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, If I said something that resonated with you and really helped you, please share this podcast with a friend because... Sharing is caring and you shouldn't be sitting on all this good information. So share it with your homegirl, okay, or your (laughs) homeboy. Please do that. Also, don't forget to subscribe and then you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And if you have time, can you do me a favor? It'll help me out as a small business owner and a podcaster. Will you leave a rating on this episode? All you got to do is say that you liked it or you can even type out what you took away from this episode. It really helps me and keeps me going, providing free content for you. So, thank you so much for doing that. Production, my intro, was made by one of the greats in production land. His name is James Tyler. Thank you for my intro. And he used Beyonce's Single Ladies, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. He used Dua Lipa, her song New Rules, and also Truth Hurts by Lizzo. All right, that's all I got for you this episode We will talk again on the next one.